Welcome to the Access Effect podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Access Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for the Access Effect. And I'm super excited to have my good friend, Estelle Lacroix, on the podcast today. Hi, Estelle. Well, I love how you say my name. That's way Lacroix. Estelle Lacroix. I love it. I love it. No, I still love that you're on the show. Estelle, is, you are the founder of The Brightly, which is a uh, social members-only club in LA. And I'm super, I am so excited because we meet so many people in our lives, but then you always meet those ones that, you know, are lifetime keepers. You are like one of those lifetime keeper friends. It's so impressive what you've done. You ran and built the Noir house, the Noy house. And it, it's weird because we all, from the pandemic, it's social, we're all a community. We're all creatures of habit. We're all social. It's all about communities, no matter where we are. Pandemic yep. really squashed our socializing, at least on the East and West Coast. You know, and I've looked at the Soho House and all that, you know, if you're worthy to be a member. But like we all have our pans of Soho and all these bougie clubs. But I love that you like bounced back from the pandemic, went to the Pendry, which is a beautiful hotel, my hotel in West Hollywood. And you created and founded such an amazing Social Club 2.0 called the brightly so like i i want to dig in to like how you got to this point and then where we're going from this point on because you and i are always chatting about communities and social and connecting people like when through the last i want to say four years because i know we were all shut down did you decided that hey la needs a new social members club well to be fair i i got a Coach, because Ron has to owns the building here, the hotel in in conjunction with Acom Capital, own the pantry, the Brightly, etc. They had in mind to build some sort of a social club yeah. into the space, like adding a different experience within the hotel. So that's when I was brought on, and that's when we started concepting the Brightly. And the same way you are saying it, exactly right. People need community and need different sorts of community. And in Los Angeles, most of the clubs are generally more geared towards entertainment, you know, creative. And we were like, well, we want to build a club for good people, people that can come from any walks of life, as long as they really have that desire to be part of a community, to participate in the community and to have a safe space to come. Let's do that. So that's what we essentially created is really meeting with people, seeing where they're coming from. Would they be a good you know, a good addition to the community that we're trying to yeah. build and, and slowly bringing them on? And it's been really fun and exciting. And they they use the club a lot. They participate in programming a lot. And it's a beautiful space designed by Martin Brudinski. It's been such a fun road. You built another club, a Noy House down in Hollywood. They came to you to build another social club. I mean, and I know your background is hospitality, right? Hotels, hotels, hotels restaurants. And was it more of like the challenge to bring back the communities? post-pandemic because like you know obviously you know I'm from LA 
been there for 20 years. The agency's there. Now I'm in Scottsdale. I'm hybrid back and forth because I just needed out of like just the LA toxic stuff. It's gone so bad. But I feel like a lot of people are now coming up and saying, look, regardless of the environment, the living, the taxes and everything going on, there's no there's no place to really meet quality people. And I've gotten a lot of that because as a PR firm, I've launched two or three solid C-level network global events, knowledge exchange, peer networking events, education. We run the global awards program. You know, I was asked to step up to do a women's leadership network in LA, but then I met you and I decided, wait a second, there is power in numbers. And we have, there's nothing really there to where you're meeting like-minded people. Was this for you? Because I know for me, to redo what we want to do on the Power Players Network channel is because I met you and I feel like there's powers and supported numbers and we can do so much together. But when you were coming out of the pandemic, did is this something you felt strongly about the place to connect or was this just kind of in your blood to, hey, we need to have something back on the books to get back to a normal sense of new normal? I think it's a mix of both. It's it yeah. started with no matter what, always loving community and seeing how you can slowly, you know, introduce people to one another and you can expand that. And then it takes a life on itself and it yeah. expands itself, right? Because people connect and add their friends and bring their communities and just naturally connects and naturally grows. But it was very interesting because we continued building membership during the pandemic, which Wait, was for, something. For the Brightly. So the Brightly started. The Brightly, for the, so we started before the, the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, we continued working from home and trying to introduce the Brightly to new communities and really connecting with people and talking about what we're trying to do. And it became really interesting because what we realized specifically for Los Angeles, right? In Los Angeles, people generally come from elsewhere, yeah. right? You have a lot of people coming and traveling from New York, from San Francisco, wherever in the States, right? And they come here and where they make their friends, mostly it's at work. You work in an office, you're going with your co-workers for a drink after hours, and that's how you slowly become friends and make friendship in L.A., and that's how it starts. But what happened is that the offices shut down. So there is no people are stuck at home. They don't really know people. They don't have their work friends anymore. And so they were all looking for a place to be able to come out after the pandemic and meet new people because they knew that even though, hey, we're going to reopen at the same time, maybe the offices aren't going to reopen. Right. So where am I going to meet friends? Where am I going to find a safe place, a community like minded, like hearted people? So that was a huge that had a huge impact on the opening of the Brightly paper. We're ready to connect, ready to be out, ready to find new friends or reconnect with friends and 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 find their location. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I did not realize you guys were building during the pandemic. During the pandemic, I was approached by the Albright. By the yes. Game. And I yes. joined the Albright and then well, I was programming all of their events for them and doing their uh, PR and stuff on the board. But then when we shut back down again, we kept the rooftop open mm -hmm. for lunches and for stuff. But then it got to the point where 
I think we just kept getting shut down. It got to the point where they just gave up and they said, okay, we're all digital. Then I, and I do understand lean into tech and the digital, but it just wasn't doing its job. People wanted that connection, that social place to go have lunches, dinners. And we were more doing the leadership stuff there. But then the outbreak completely shut down. Rent went high. They moved out of LA. I think they kept their DC and London club. But I think there's so many reasons why businesses fail and succeed at the infrastructure and everything. There's a few reasons why the outbreak didn't make it. The pandemic just didn't help. But I feel like there's not a lot out there for people to go. I mean, there's so many things we could do. And so, so many people, like I have a few girlfriends who have been on Hinge and Bumble. They're just not meeting right people. I know a few guys that are just serial dating, complaining, we're not meeting anybody. This, my boyfriend's friend was like, you know, serial dating. Hey, who do you have? Who can I meet? Who are your friends? But I'm like, we're in the pandemic. So at the time, as an ex-boyfriend of mine, I really had nobody to introduce them to because we were all on lockdown. So I feel like what the, I didn't, and I did not know. So I'm so excited to hear that you were building this through the pandemic and everything. But I feel like there's so many people, and I have so many friends there and executives trying to meet other executives, trying to find whether it's a graphic designer, an attorney, whatever it is. Just we've not, I think the pandemic may just become introverts where we want to be social, but we haven't been social for so long that we're taking that calm approach to just doing our own thing where we're not meeting people because we're not pushing to get back out again. People become so complacent to stay in, to stay hunkered down, to do the Zoom calls, to just keep everything digital over Zoom, over WebEx. But there's such an important part of relationships when it comes to meeting in person, regardless of what it is. That's what I love about what you're trying to rebuild in LA. And I know there's a Soho house and I have clients that are members But I feel like what you're doing at the Brightly is so much better than Soho. And it's, I'm just going to say this out loud. I feel like it's less bougier. It's not like, hey, you're not good enough. Or if you're an artist or you're this, or we have heavy in artists and you want to be a member, you can't because we have too many artists. It's really that in line, you're hot, you're not. And I think when I ran into you, I was kind of on the fence to accept their membership. But then when I met you, the brightly and what you build has become more of an ethos of your personality. It's very warm. It's very inviting. It's very non-judgmental. It's such a comfortable place to be. And I do think you are the representation of your brand. And so the brand you built, I feel is such a tremendous place to be part of because it is emulates who you are as a person versus just this other, the Soho, which just you're in and you're out. You don't know anybody. There's no personalization to it. Well, you know, I w- listen, I, I do have to say, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Soho. They created yeah. something unbelievable that oh, I really respect and I absolutely love. And um, I, I think they are different club for different people, people right? Yeah. Every everybody's gonna find, hey, this, this is what resonates to me versus, you know, I think one of the things the Brightly is really focused on is the hospitality, like, you know, welcoming, you know, allowing your guests to sit down and have a drink before you even arrive. Right. I like to say I'm not the police. I don't like roles. It's like 
we're trying to bring in people that know how to behave. And so we don't have to police them. Mm-hmm. But, so there, but it's true. And we talk about it. And we really have to police. We will. But it's more, hey, you know, we, we meet every single member that is going to join the club and we kind of tell them who we are. And then it's their decision, whatever they it, it suits their needs. And yeah. it, it you know, it resonates with them or not, but we kind of have this conversation where they know what they're going to get into, right? But hospitality, yeah, feeling very welcome, like a smile, all of that is definitely hugely important to us, 100%. What's also like, so I'm a member of So and here, and I have like a client and a friend who actually are Soho members, and they want to be at the Brightly. They want to join and be both, because like you said, different environments for different yeah, different occasions. Yeah. And I you and you guys did a tremendous job there. Okay, give me your background. All the hospitality, hotels versus you've been on the hotel side, right? I worked in hotels, I worked in restaurants. So background, grew up in Switzerland. Funny story, really funny story. When I was 22, I've had a boyfriend for a couple of years, and he said to me, Okay, it's time for us to move in. And I'm like, panic. I'm like, I gotta go. So I escaped. I moved to the States. I'm like, I gotta go. Uh, so came here. You're like, I'm not just breaking up with you. I'm giving you space to another country. I'm, I'm just leaving. I'm out of here. And I moved to San Francisco and I started, so moved to San Francisco without, I barely spoke any English. I mean, hello, how are you? That was it. And I was working for Aqua back in the days, a restaurant to learn English. That was the chef was Michael Mina, who's opened now a restaurant all over the country. And I worked there. I literally, when they had me work the phone and work the desk, it took me five months. I kind of knew how to speak English after five months. You don't have a choice, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're with people all day long. You learn fast, and especially at that age, right? So I worked there, worked for different restaurant company, worked for the Ritz-Carlton in sales and marketing, was continuing to improve my English, became the general manager of a restaurant. I was pretty young, probably 27 years old, and absolutely loved it. And after that, a few years after, I moved to New York City to work for Per Se, and I was working for Thomas Keller in New York City uh, for a couple of years. Came then to Los Angeles, worked for Dorchester Collection as uh, I was the GM of the Polo Lounge. Then I was uh, doing food and beverage at Hotel Bel Air and then transferred to be uh, the opening GM at Neuhaus in Hollywood. So Neuhaus Hollywood was my first location uh, that was outside of the standard hospitality world, right? More yeah. good in Georgia into the social, more community world, which was fascinating to me because they are both so different from one another. It, you're speaking two different languages. I was ask you, which one do you like better, the, the um, hospitality and the, the hotel side or social? Club. I definitely, you know, the the club world, the relationship with your members is very different than the relationship in the traditional hospitality world. In the club world, you, you know, there is no Mr. and Mrs. because you're building a community. So you need to be able to really connect with people. So there is not that that difference in language, right? Where you're talking to someone saying, Mr. Smith, welcome. It's more, hey, Brad, how you doing? 
Well, it's, 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 it's the relationship. Cause if you're in hospital, cause we've done so many big events and high profile events and intimate ones. And it's very, Ms. Mill is very, here's your bill. Here's a folio. We need setups. We need this. We need this. And you're just a one-off sometimes too, in and out the door. So it's very formal and distance. They're doing their job. You have a great experience. Your event's over and you're done to where on the social club, it's a friendship. It's a long-term relationship it's so it's it's more informal because you want to make friends you want to like be around people that inspire and motivate you to be better every day and i feel like being in this social environment it gives you that opportunity to do that you know absolutely completely completely agree with you but i'm really glad that i had the traditional hospitality um experience because I think it influenced the way I am working in the social environments very much so. There are certain things you you can't take out of me, right? There are certain aspects of hospitality that I've, you know, I went to hotel management school in Switzerland. So I've I've done that my entire life. So there's a certain respect that comes with it that there's a certain casualness that I can get to. And I think it's positive. You know, so I think it's I think it's a hundred percent positive because when I was running, like I was working for a huge agency in San Francisco. I know we chatted about this over lunch once or twice. I was running a big global agency. I learned the hard way. I made the mistakes. I learned the formalities of big corporations, of big companies. And then when I started my own agency, I chose to stay smaller so I could be more strategic, more creative, move quicker, faster build better relationships that were ongoing long-term because it was less formal. And I don't regret being in a big corporation. I loved it. But all the best things about that, I've learned, I've kept with me to where I'm at running my own agency now. That's not big global agency, but because we are smaller, it is more personable, personalized, more relationship we're more influential and have bigger reach than most big guys because it's there's a sense of, like you said, a formality of running the business because you're looking at bottom line numbers over, and I hate to say this, but you're looking at the bottom line numbers over customer relations and experience where switching to the social side for you. And then for me being running my own agency, it's more about the relationships and the social and customer, very customer client centric versus number, number, numbers, because we're running a big global company, but I've learned the best of how to do that, that I don't regret that I brought in to my agency. So it's kind of, we're like on similar trajectories, but just different industries. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I think this is why I love you so much, because you're so, you're such a tremendous powerhouse from being on the big brands to running the social clubs and you have the best of the biggest of, of corporate and you know the importance of being customer client centric like I do. That's what I loved about when I met you. Good. I am glad. That's what I'm meant to do. <laughs> we're all here for a reason. It's so funny. It's I, and I'm surprised that you were at Neuhaus for how long? Probably about three years. I was there oh. for about three years before it opened. I would say six months before it opened until like two and a half years after. Which is so funny because, I mean, LA, is, it's LA. We all have our little pockets of LA and there's so many things I love about living there. We ran LA Fashion Week at Noe House. When I think you were there when you had have been there. It might have been maybe after you left. I Couldn't don't possible. 
I don't, it's been a while now, but I loved that house too. That was a great experience. That was the team at Neuhaus that we had was really phenomenal. So many talented people, so passionate. That was a great experience as well. I like What a beautiful building too. Yeah, I was never like, it was right when the building first started because there was all the cable things running next door. It was right before the Neuhaus became the Neuhaus. I didn't have any experience with the club. I just ran... One yeah, event yeah. there, ran a LA Fashion Week, did a Friday event, had best experience running events, but I, I was never a member. But such a great experience, such a beautiful platform for running events there. And the and amendment members there, their team that was taking care of events was also really phenomenal, as yeah. well as the membership team. Everything they had, yeah, th- this was a gr- that that was a great, and I still have really dear friends that were part of my life during that time at Neuhaus. And and Neuhaus and the Brightly are completely different. One was really focused on co-working, where yeah. the other one is really focused on social, right? So very different. Face what you're looking for. Yeah. And also, you know, we are in L.A. Location really matters. There's a huge difference between the different location, Hollywood versus West Hollywood. I mean, different crowd. You know, our members at the Brightly mostly live about three miles away from the club. Most of our members, they walk to the club. So the hills right behind us all around. That's where most of our members are coming from. Really close by. Yeah, that would totally make sense. Because, I mean, I've always had a great experience on the event side, at least in LA, we've had a tremendous event at Soho house, two or three film screenings. I've always had a really good experience at Soho and Neuhaus, the event teams there. We've done a tremendous job with both of those as well. So it's been great. So I'm actually super excited to run events at um, the Brantley, but I didn't realize everybody's so close and it, it does make sense because I was like, when I'm there, I was like three or four blocks from you, but now it's funny because I'm hybrid between dual residencies between Scottsdale and LA, but then the Pendries become my like go-to home versus the new LA home. I know it's just it's so crazy. I feel like I've never left. But like, what, so what's going on? Where is our future with the Brantley? And I'm super excited to you know work with you, programs, everything. But I love what you've done. Is your goal like what is Estelle Lacroix's goal? Is it to expand? Oh my God, my. Is- well, I don't even know. Well, well I mean, are you going to expand to other like cities? Are you going to go global with this, like Soho? We would, we would absolutely love to. I think that we got to see and wait what twenty twenty four brings. Yeah, because this year is just literally a wait. You know, it's really hard year to invest anything like that world until probably first quarter to second quarter of 2024, nothing is going to happen. So we're currently just waiting to see what happens in our LA market and then figuring out what market are going to work the best for us. You know, where can we bring this community to, you know, and what also will really have a great impact on our current membership. Like, you know, if you take this to, I was early on, I was like, I would love to go to Nashville because, you know, we have the sunrose here with the music, yeah. with the venue in Nashville and connect the two of them. And, you know, so right now it's just a matter of like waiting out, see 
that 2023 is behind us, continue focusing on this current location here. And then in 2024, we'll see what happens. That make it make sense. I mean, it's oh, building a social club is not easy. You've done a tremendous job. So you've got to make sure you have a very secure member base there. But like New York would be, because I'm like giving you my suggestions. New York, because I'm always back right, right. Scottsdale is, there is, you know, there is not a social club in Scottsdale. Soho House came here. I agree. So House has been pushing to do a uh, hybrid social club here in Scottsdale. And I'm like, well, wait a second. There's so much money in entertainment, sports, tech, and like so much here. I would think like going to the high-end markets where there is such a need. Because if you look at the maps, right, or these charts since COVID, it has, you know, where the three top states where everybody's moving to, Florida, Arizona, and Texas. Not a Florida fan. Texas, I'm okay with Austin, but then I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm in Scottsdale. And there's, it's just, their studios are moving here. I would think that this would be such a tremendous place for you because we've looked at events here at the Scottsdale Air Park, and I, I just feel like there's so much high end boutiques, hotels, sports. There's so many companies moving here. I would think. The Brantley would do such. A you know, it's funny. We've talked about Scottsdale. So my programming director, Annalise, is from Scottsdale's. And we were just like, we had those conversations where, yeah. you know, I, I love Arizona. I mean, there is so much that you can do around also Scottsdale's if you want to do programming for the members. And we always talk about the fact that, you know, she's from there. It would be great at some point to have a second club in Arizona. She could do both cities and... And yeah, I mean, Nashville, Scottsdale, those are cities, I think, that's, yeah. you know, the Brent is not this huge club, right? We're never yeah. going to be like a club with like 5,000 members. We're more like smaller communities. So smaller cities work for us as well. We don't have to be, you know, a huge club in general. So I love the idea of Scottsdale for sure. See, and I'm here and I'm there. So this makes so much more sense. Much sense, right? <laughs> it's just, everything happens for a reason. So, and this is what I love about you. And, I, and I'm going to ask this one last. I know Soho. I know so. I just know Soho's um, membership just because I've gone through the whole thing with them. Your membership base, I know, are you kind of skewing it towards based on, like you said, where the locations are down the road, keeping it balanced, men, women, certain professions, or how do you decide? Like, I don't want to be an asshole. Like, no, no. We to be a member, you know? Yeah, definitely try to have, you know, a 15-man woman. That's definitely something that we are, we're focused on. When it comes to professions, it's... And we like a divisive size club. We like people from all walks of life. And it's really about finding people that have a desire for community. Yeah. And you know, want to be part of programming, you know, we have the clubs within the clubs here. So we have our own members building their own club within the club. And I love that about people when they get that invested in their own communities, bring their friends. So that's what it's about. So I'm not looking at a specific profession. I'm as long as you're a good human, you're, you know, we're like hearted, like minded, et cetera. Please come and join the club we want to meet you and you can, you know, it's a relationship when you meet with potential member, it's a conversation and you can tell right away. It's not only just us liking it. It's also them liking it. I want, I want it to be, you know, both having 
the sense of like, yeah, this is a place for me. This is a place where I want to spend my time because if we bring in members, the idea is really for them to use it. It's not just, oh, I'm going to get a membership and, you know, come once in a while. No, I want you to be part of the community. I want you to tell me, hey, I love the programming this month or, hey, we're missing this. We should be this. So it's really having engaged people in our own community. Well, see, so I'm all about like communities, but leadership and communities running into events. Because I know we've talked and I love the fact that the Brantley does allow for people that are hybrids who don't live there, but they're there three or four times a month. They're back and forth like me. And you did offer. And I was super grateful because you do memberships for executives or for people who don't have it. Just because you don't live there doesn't mean you can't be a member because it's like you want that to be your home. You're there so much. You still want to know that when you're there and you're there in another city or place that much it still has to feel like home. And that's what I love about my membership with you guys. It is like being home when I'm there. But like, you know, we're always talking about our communities and leading within our communities on certain topics, certain subjects, bringing like-minded individuals together. Because then it's, it's, it's more of that familiarity. And like, we're always looking on our side for great leaders. We know not just, you know, we understand diversity, we're all about it. But I love that you are a female leader in this industry because I do think it's very hard to find really good female leaders we I have a lot of men on our podcast we're always looking for good females good women who know how to lead that are all about owning their leadership and I do feel like that is out there and so we're trying to bring more of that together hence why I think I we met and became friends because I feel like the Brantley is such a good place not just to, like you said, to be part of the community, to bring your friends, have a place to go, but to grow and to nurture leadership within people you want to be with and grow with. And I feel like that is something that art firm works on. This is what I love about what the Brantley has to offer. Like you said, we could bring in our groups, we could create groups within groups, but it's about nurturing your own leadership and whatever communities you need to be in. And that, I think, is important across the and board. you become a natural leader. If you have the passion for it, it'll become natural, right? If you have yeah. the personality, the passion, it'll be, become something very natural, I think. It's kind of like, it's like always I'm like a car commercial, like the Audi commercials, those followers and those leaders. And it's not good or bad. Some people are born to lead. Some are just born to be a team player. Being a good leader, I feel a certain quality. You must be a good team player to be a better leader. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you and I love that certain areas foster that growth, which is mm-hmm. why I think the Brantley is such a tremendous place. It's just gonna foster the growth of whatever teams you want to lead. You don't need to be in a traditional office. You can still be remote, you still have a place to lead, place to foster that inspiration motivation, which is why I love how the club set up. And so let's talk about the club for a second before I let you run, because you have the restaurant upstairs. You have, I always talk about the Brightly to people that it's like the great Gatsby, just a glamorous, great Gatsby club. Glamour. Gatsby. It's so glamour. All yeah. about the glamour with me. And the, like, the, the bowling alley downstairs, the bars, the setup, it's just has that kind of that old school feel, but it's very glamorous, but in very comforting level that inspires you to want to be better and have fun. It's just, just such a vibe. And I think, Finding that vibe is so critical. And like, I think you found your vibe, which I've not seen in so long, which is why I'm super excited to um, be part of this journey with you. 
You know, we got very, I mean, we're very lucky. We, Martin Brodinsky designed the space and he is the designer that did Annabelle's in uh, London, the Beekman in New York, Soa House down in um, Florida, South Beach. Yeah. Very, very talented, loves the different patterns, the glamour. And he wanted to bring back the old Hollywood glamour, which is really what he did. And it's absolutely stunning. So you do enter a space that is extremely elegant, really well made, that brings you into a different world. Absolutely. So, you know, and then we have Wolfgang Park, who does the food, which, you know, obviously... Food is a major importance in a club because that's where most of the people spend their time is just drinking, eating, being part of a community, yeah. right? That's what you do. So we have a couple of restaurants. We have the bowling alley. Which, the screening room, which is... That's where I am right now. I'm actually yeah. in the screening room right now. So we do special screening. And it's also a space, you know, we're very famous for our big Halloween parties because we love to do to throw a big party and have people dress up and make it a fun evening really bring for the members something that is very special and then our members have access to the pool have access to the gym here so you kind of like it's nearly having you're part of a club it's like nearly being in a hotel all day besides that you don't have the hotel rooms right so obviously they can they can get the hotel rooms if they want but the membership itself it allows you to be in the space all day. So you can come in, you can go from programming to the pool, to bowling, to a dinner, to a lunch, whatever you want to use it for. But- it's, a life, it's, 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 it's actually a good, it's a lifestyle club. And it's just, I always have these little memes on, on my Instagram, like my tribe is my vibe. And that is exactly what you have built there. You've built your tribe, but the, the vibe is so authentic and welcoming there, which is tremendous being in LA. I am very lucky to have the team that I have here. I mean, if I look at the front desk team that we have, they are amazing people. They have they are the friendliest, the most dedicated. They love our members. They know all our members. And they just really, really care. They really, really care. Yeah. Um, so you do have that sense of welcome when you come and enter the space. And the, the the staff in the food and beverage uh, world here is also very welcoming. They love our members. They really connect with our members. They understand what we're trying to achieve, which is which is a, it's fantastic. Okay, you just an ex boyfriend to move out of the country, literally not even out of state, out of a city across the world. Is this where you saw yourself when you moved? out of Switzerland? Is this kind of where your dream oh, No, I didn't. So funny, when I was a when I was a kid, you know, back in the days, you put those posters in your room when you were a child. Yeah. I had one of the Golden Gate Bridge. And to me, that seemed <laughs> to be like the other side of the world, a place where I'll never go, right? And I ended up crossing the Golden Gate Bridge twice a day for years and years and years, right? Because I lived in Marin County as well and going to work into the city. I would say when I first arrived to San Francisco, it took me about five years to really adjust to the city, really adjust to the states. And nowadays, if you ask me, do you want to move back to Switzerland? I love Switzerland. I'm very Swiss in many, many ways. But no, the states are, is my home. I'm, I'm, I've, 
I've lived more years in America than I've lived in Switzerland. I've spent more more years in America than Switzerland at this point. So oh. I'm really a mix between Swiss and America, and 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 I love both. Right? Yeah. Um, there's I I love living here. I love Switzerland. I have a love for both, but I I don't see myself going back. Not that I don't see myself spending more time at some point, you know, maybe three months out of the year or something like this, but no, it's my home here. You know, they say your home is where your heart is. And right now your Your home is where your heart is. Exactly. Absolutely. I was so good. I know we both got to run. I so love getting you on to talk about social and the importance of communities You've done such a tremendous job. I'm like so grateful. I really appreciate you. Like I just, I have you as a friend. Like like I support you in business. I'm a member of the club. Like it was like, there's always certain people I always say they come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. But like, I am so happy that like I had you on the show because it was just the importance of community and relationships. We've lost track of how important that was post-COVID and everybody went through such a tough time, but we've got to get back into the importance of being part of a community and whatever your tribe is, figure it out, find part of it. And I do think you've done a tremendous job creating that platform to nurture that there at the Brightly. Thank you so much. It was lovely being here. Oh my God. Estelle Lacroix, the founding executive director, founder of the Brightly in Los Angeles. So happy. If anybody is interested, they want to be a member or anything in state, out of state, where can we send them? You can send them to thebrightly.com. Okay. You can apply directly online. Perfect. So this is Sarah Miller with the Access Effect with Estelle Lacroix, my dear friend and owner of the Brightly. Estelle, it was so good having you on and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Axis Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.